Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Baggies broadcast, the last Baggies broadcast of 2018. My name is Luke Hatfield. As always, I am your host today, and I am joined by Mr. Matt Wilson. Matt, how are you? Yeah, I'm well. Um, you've just reminded me that, yeah, we're going to be entering 2019. What a strange... That seems so futuristic to me. Do you know what I mean? As, as, the, as, as a concept, the just, year 2019. Just wait till 2020. How, yeah, how, just, how futuristic does that exactly. sound? Exactly. I remember the millennium and thinking that was uh, pretty crazy. Oh, God, yeah. Tell me about it. Christmas just gone, though. Do you get anything good? Um, I did. I got a woolly hat for you know those cold days at the games. Saw you sporting that the other day, actually. Yeah, but you know what? It was actually quite mild, so I had to take it off. Yeah. I think global warming's killed me. Well... It probably will kill me eventually. It's probably going to kill all of us eventually. <laughs> but it's you know I, I, I'm I'm really concerned about the um, the woolly hat industry and and the thick overcoat industry because it's getting too mild. I know that's not how global warming works. I know it's mm. it will get cold as well as warm. But uh, yeah, it just seems like a really mild winter at the moment. Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, we've had one day. I think I think it was. Sheffield United away, that was cold. Yeah, that was Baltic. Yeah, that was really cold. You're right there. But uh, apart from that, it's not been too bad. Yeah, that's it. I always carry a spare pair of gloves, which you more than know about, by the way, now at football games. I think games. I've still got them. Mm-hmm. It's all right, mate. You know, it's a, it's a season-long loan, shall we say. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's not very often I have to pull out the gloves. But um, Sheffield United, I did have to. But otherwise, it's been a bit of a, a canter this winter so far. Yeah, it's concerning, isn't it? Yeah, just wait till February. February is yeah. going to be cold. Yeah, Why is the planet cold. heating up? I'm concerned about that. I don't know. Should we should we go in depth and look at that instead of talking about Albion? We can if you want, but we've got a few games to look at. <laughs> we we certainly do. Uh, New Year's as well. Any New Year's plans? No, no. I've got Playing two cool. young children, and I've got to drive to Blackburn the next morning. So oh, that's not gonna be fun. I'm fine. I'll just have a, a quiet glass of wine with the with the missus or something like funny. that. It's funny, I did that last New Year's and um, I found myself sitting at home with my girlfriend and we were watching the New Year's celebrations in London and I found myself in very old man mode. I was moaning about the, the, the use of our tax money being spent on all these fireworks and I thought, one minute, why am I not celebrating New Year's? Yeah, here? why are you moaning, not there? I'm yeah. moaning about fireworks and the use of my tax money. You should be in there, stripped to the waist, you know. Oh, God. Glitter in your beard or something. Oh, yeah. I saw I saw an Albion fan the other day, actually. Um, he had his T-shirt off and he was like, you know, the way you spin around your T-shirt in the oh, air. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was topless. It was at Rotherham, I think it was. He was having a good time. It was loving life, but it was pretty nip. Well, I mean, it wasn't that cold, but it was too cold to be going topless anyway I wonder if he's listening if you are listening hats off to you just sir well, well played just your hats off though yeah no, no shirts no shirts anyway let's get into it uh, let's talk about that game actually Rotherham nil, West Brom 4 I mean a clinical streak from Albion there especially that first half yeah I do feel sorry for Rotherham because Albion were brilliant very clinical Dwight Gale was electric um, it's the first 10 out of 10 I've ever given any player I saw that. Um, did you get do you get pelters from the sports desk for that? No, I didn't actually. Um because a few people have given out some questionable ten out of tens over there, but I I, I never have and um this was the first one. I thought it was I thought it was earned really because he scored a hat trick and it was three completely different goals. They were the only three chances he had, I think. Yeah. As far as I can remember. The first one was really inventive. I mean he won the free kick himself with a lovely move with a lovely mm. little flick. And then he puts it under the wall, which I did. I honestly didn't see it coming. I mean, I, I, I was, I was looking at the free kick, thinking that's a big wall. It's going to be really hard to get it up and over. Because he was and quite close, wasn't he? He was very close to the goal. So it's a fantastic free kick. 
Um, the second goal, I like almost as much as the first. Mm. Stooping low header in amongst the boots, gets in front of his man at the near post. I mean, that's it was absolutely brilliant. I really enjoyed that one. Um, so clinical. And the third one, okay, it was put on a plate to him by the keeper. But, um, you know, he's, he was in the right place at the right time. He's opportunistic as well. So he scored three completely different goals there. And Dwight Gale's got the, the best goals to minute ratio in the championship and mm. he is just he is just box office isn't he? he's guaranteed goals when he's playing so fantastic I, I've you know a 10 out of 10 is a rare beast but I think he deserved it on that day because it wasn't just his goals he was herring around as mm. if as if his whole life depended on it and um, that's infectious so uh, yeah that's well it yeah, plenty of hard work from him and that you know that third goal I don't think many other strikers score that you know because of the way you always follow stuff up he's always Gambling on a goalkeeper making a mistake. Um, I know what you mean. I know what you mean about that aspect of his game. He does do that. Um, but in that scenario, I think he'd he'd actually already he was in that position having crossed the ball. So I think he was already there. He wasn't mm. actually following it up. I think it just got given to him. Yeah. But I know what you mean about him. He does cut. You know, every time someone takes a, a strike, he's always in on the keeper quickly. If he can see if he can get in amongst the pieces, and it's good striker playing. It's it's do you know what it is? It's humble. Um, strike play as well. It's mm. it's almost like uh, he's happy to score the scrappy goals, but he's also capable of scoring the brilliant goals. So, no, really pleased for for Gale. And um, obviously afterwards, we we spoke to him um, in the gloom of, of Rotherham, and and he came out with a with, with with a nice phrase that I'm sure a lot of Albion fans um, were pleased to see that a permanent deal could be on the cards. So uh, yeah. Watch this space. That's I think that's a, as I said before uh, in a video we did. I think that's a Christmas present that every Albion fan wants um, over this festive period because I tell you what, if they do that, I mean that's some stonking business. Yeah, I mean it relies a lot on um, Newcastle basically. I mean as I've said before in the videos, um, this, the the loan swap is locked in for the season, so there's no recall option like there is for Harvey Barnes and Tosin Adrabio. Um, and the fact is that Newcastle are paying a portion of Gale's wages so essentially Albion are paying Gale what they would have been paying Rondon in the championship Yeah, because Rondon had a wage cut and Newcastle are making up the rest of it to what Gale would be earning in the Premier League mm. so they're almost splitting it uh, I think it's not 50-50 it's a bit more to Albion's side but um, Newcastle are paying a portion of the wages so for them for Al- that's why Albion want a bit of cash mm. if the per- if the if the temporary swap was made permanent because they've already agreed um, they've already agreed almost this deal where these wages are, are, are divvied up for the rest of the season. So yeah. making it permanent now is actually not in um, Albion's interests, sort of economically short term. It might yeah. be in their long term interest, but um, they also might be thinking well come the summer Gale might want to stay anyway so um, it depends on Newcastle depends if they want to cut, if they come with an offer for Rondon um, we don't know whether they will or not there is some suggestion that they might want to free up a, a, a loan spot Yeah. Um, but we'll wait and see um, it's one that could happen in January but I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't and they both clubs just thought well we'll see it out in the season and see where we are that's it, yeah. Um, scoreline was maybe a tad harsh on Rotherham, I thought. Cause, I mean, it ends 4-0. Didn't, didn't really have the feeling of a 4-0 to me. It felt more like a 2-0. Um, 
I mean, Albion was certainly the better uh, side. I would have said I would have said maybe a four-one or a three-one. Mm. Um, Albion were the better side. I don't think Rotherham really um, deserved to lose four-nil. They had two cleared off the line. They hit the post twice, including one which was a penalty. And I thought for although Albion defended really well and and you could argue deserved the clean sheet especially the way Higazi and Dawson just headed and kicked everything mm. um, I thought both of them played really well um, you wouldn't have begrudged Rotherham a goal yeah. I mean they were a fair place for them for keeping going at 3-0 down at half time when they really they didn't deserve to be really and they kept going they kept plugging away they've got a great team spirit down there and, and I reckon they'll stay up actually you know I don't they haven't got too much quality but they've got um, that desire and that work I think I mean their heads didn't drop mm. fair play to them for that because um, a lot of other teams 3-0 down at half time their heads could have dropped but um, the good news for Albion is that it was their first clean sheet in the first of two in a row that's it yeah good news at the back um, fairy tale of New York I like, I like that Matt that was good work from you well thank you yeah, I think uh, I nicked it from someone, but I can't remember who it was. Is that your favourite Christmas song, by the way? I think it's my favourite. No, it's not my favourite. Oh, it's well. overplayed. Oh, I like it, but it's, it's overplayed. Though. It's overplayed. What's your What's your pick? Um, I quite like. Well, we used to we used to listen to uh, a spaceman came travelling, which is a bit of a <laughs> which is not a very uh, not a very cool song, but um, I quite like it. Yeah, well, either way, you know, you got to love a bit of cheese on Christmas, haven't you? Um, Anyway, uh, Harvey Barnes, of course, getting the other. The Loneys again, combining. I think um, it's probably fair to play a little bit as a devil's advocate here. Are Albion a little bit too reliant on their Loneys? Yes and no. I mean, they could sign Gale permanently, and then he's your player. Barnes is not going to join permanently, is he, really? I don't think so. I think he'd probably go and try and break into the Leicester team. You never know. There might be a future where he becomes an Albion player mm. who knows but I think he he's, he's, he will primarily try to break into the Leicester team first um, whether that's uh, the end of this season or, or next season it's probably going to be next season I can't I can't see him being recalled now um, mm. because I don't think he'll go back while Claude Puel is at, is, at, is in charge he's bought himself some time as well and Puel's Puel. just beating Chelsea and Man City so yeah I can't I think Barnes is here for the season um, but I think next season he will try and break into the Leicester team. Um, but other clubs use loanies all the time. I mean, Villa Chef- and Derby have done it. Villa have done it. Derby have done it. Um, last season Wolves used it. Last season Wolves used it a little bit. Um, Sheffield United have just signed a, a midfielder on loan from Everton. So mm. I don't think you can just turn your nose up at these sort of things. Um, if there are Premier League players out there that are good enough but not getting minutes and will um, further your teams, then why not? Um, mm. The concern is obviously the lo- a long-term one, but the hope is that the stay, Albion's stay in the Championship is not a long-term one, and then the hope is that it's a short-term fix for, and then you can rebuild again in the summer, with, and you've got you know, Luke Dowling, his new technical director, will have his feet firmly under the table by then. Um, Ian Pearce, new head of recruitment, will be firmly in place by then. Um Darren Moore will hopefully have been back on the back, be on the back of a successful year as head coach, and things can start to build slowly, which is always the best way of doing things in football. So, are they too reliant? I understand the question, but I, I think actually um, they managed to keep a lot of their good players um, 
in the summer. You know, Phillips, Rodriguez, Livermore, Dawson. These are all players that um, are good enough for the Premier League in the right system um, with the right manager. So there is also that side of the coin as well to, to look at it. Yeah, certainly is. And at the end of the day, it's not just two players who are winning games for Albion. Um, let's talk um, very quickly away day appetites, Matt. Away day appetites. What was the food like at Rotherham? Uh, do you know what? I can't remember. It was so long ago. I think it was a pie. I think it was just a pucker pie. Yeah, there was no special offerings, were there? I don't think so. I really can't remember. I've had, I've had another game and Christmas in between that. It's been a while. <laughs> it feels like a yeah. long time ago. Uh, it certainly does. Um, press facilities weren't that bad, though. Oh, the stadium's lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really nice stadium, I thought. It's like, I don't know what the capacity is. It could only be about twelve, fourteen thousand. 14,000. There were 10,000 there, but it felt, I felt like the layout was good. I felt like it wasn't trying to be too big. It wasn't trying to be too clever. It was just a really solid stadium for its size. Press facilities were good. Um, pit, press um, The press box was really close to the pitch, but elevated. Yeah. Sometimes when you're close to the pitch, you're not elevating. You can't really see the game. Mm. Um, Chelsea's a bit like that. Stanford Bridge, White Hart Lane used to be like that as well. Um, you're right down pitch side, and it's a bit difficult to get an idea of, of the patterns of play. But there, you're close to the pitch, so you can see things better. You can get a, like I was impressed with how Harvey Barnes runs with the ball. Cause I think that might be the closest I've co- I've come to him from in a press box facility. Um, and I was really impressed with the way he he, he did that, um, and just how quick his um, his speed of movement is. Mm. Um, so yeah, I like the stadium as a whole. Yeah, the one thing I will say about as well about Rotherham was that there was very very accommodating as well. I mean, they helped us out. We was we were shooting a video. We wanted to get pitch side. They let us pitch side again. Um, some places, I mean, they kick you out. They tough you out after ninety minutes, and yes. they're like, "Get yeah. out of the ground." You know what I mean? Whereas they were, they were super friendly there. They yeah. were nice enough. Two days before Christmas, as well, some poor bugger had to wait behind for us to uh, finish off our work. I mean, we always seem to be the last people in there. Yeah. But um, yeah, fair fair play to them. I thought they're lo- lovely, lovely uh, ground, lovely people, and I hope they stay up. I really do. Not the longest drive in the world either, which is helpful. No, it wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be. So yeah, hope they stay up. Yeah. Right. Uh, West Brom two, Wigan nil. I mean, it's an ideal Boxing Day present, that, isn't it? Um, Wigan weren't great, but a good showing from Albion. Yeah, it wasn't really a classic, was it? First half was a bit dull. Um, I don't know why Wigan just stood off Gareth Barry. We were asked, we were saying that in the press box, weren't we? We were saying, Gareth Barry seems to be given as much time as he wants here. And he got on the ball as we were saying it, and they were almost sat there watching him. And you can't let him do that. It was strange, because... Yes, he's a good player, so maybe there was a bit of a fear factor there. But if you're going to give him time and space, he's just going to pick a pass. I mean, you saw it countless times. Mm. Left, right, in behind. He's capable of playing those balls. So even if you're sitting on Matt Phillips and you think, right, I've got him covered, Matt Phillips makes a little run, Barry's going to find him. So you need to put pressure on the ball. So I was surprised by that because I was really impressed with the way Wigan... um, Pressed and then held back at the DW Stadium. They did really well, mm. um, but they seem to have lost their spark at the moment. I mean, that 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 was their fourth game in a row um, without without scoring, and they've lost four in a row. They they're on a downward trend, so probably a bit of confidence and form issue there for, for Wigan. But um, they tried to they tried to uh, sort of take the game down to the trenches, didn't they? They tried to mm. make it a feisty encounter, the same sort of game it was at the DW Stadium where Livermore got sent off. There were nine yellow cards, but. Fair play to Albion. They didn't really rise to it. I mean, Kieran Gibbs did got a little bit rattled, but apart from that, everyone was pretty much okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the man, the, the man of the, 
of the matches, I suppose, is between Jay Rodriguez and, and, and uh, Gareth Barry, the, the two standout performers. Um, Barry pulling strings in midfield. He's been superb the last few games. Yeah. Um, but Jay Rodriguez stepped up in the absence of Gale. And I, I was delighted for that for, for Rodriguez with that performance because he hasn't been playing too well recently um, I didn't think he was very good against Rotherham I think got my lowest mark out of the team yeah. um, lost the ball a bit but he the way that Albion play with this 4-3-3 he comes in and drops in and does the dirty work in midfield to sort of help out the, those those midfield three yeah. tries to win the ball back and then he tries to get Albion moving forward whereas they leave Barnes and Gale up so I think he does get a bit of an unfair stick because Barnes and to a certain extent Gale are not required to do as much work as off the ball or defending yeah. as he is. They're almost sort of said, go on, go and attack and get the goals. Whereas Rodriguez does a bit more of that. So for him to get the two goals, and there were two great goals, by the way. I mean, the first one, he comes comes deep to get the ball from Adarabaya in the first place. Then he finds Gale in behind. And then he's in the in the middle, and yes, got to generate some power on that header. It was yeah. it was a good ball from Gale, but it was it was there was no power in it, so it was a great header from Rodriguez. Um, and he's sort of back, you know, he's almost uh, backpedaling as well, and he's arching his back. It's a great goal from him. Um, and then the second one, I mean, a lovely little chest from Gareth Barry. Um, I mean, what a hit! And then Rodriguez. I think the whole the whole crowd almost said hit it, didn't they? As it bounced up, I mean, it did I know sit I did. up perfectly. Sit up perfectly, but you got you got to execute it. You got to get it on target, and he did. And it was too fierce for for, for Christian Walton. So I'm pleased for Rodriguez because um, I don't think he's been as poor, perhaps, or as inconsistent as as perhaps he, he's been being portrayed necessarily in some quarters. Mm. Um, I think he. He is doing a lot of the uh, the the unseen work. I mean, he is one of those players, one of those sort of team players mm. uh, for me. And Darren Moore alluded to that afterwards as well, saying that you could play him in in any one of the eleven positions, and he'd give and he'd do you a job. So, um, and you know, those players shouldn't be. I know he may not be as flashy or, or as brilliant as Barnes, but those players shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be underestimated. Shouldn't be, and he's got a big. Big, uh, big chance to step up now as well without Gale in the side because I think a lot of people will look now to him to provide the goals which they're going to miss from Gale. I mean, hopefully he's not out for an extended period of time, but I mean, didn't look great when he when he signalled straight away to come off. Um, fingers crossed he's back in a couple of weeks, but if it does stretch on, they'll probably look at J Rod and think maybe he's the one to supply the goals. Yeah, I think, I think they will. I mean, I think that game highlighted it. He, Gale was out. I mean, I know he. I know he was on the pitch for the first goal, but essentially he was he was injured from 80 minutes of that match. And Rodriguez stepped up with two goals. So, mm. yeah, you're looking at Rodriguez and Barnes, um, but there are goals in this team. I mean, let's 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 not get too concerned by Gale being out because I know he is, as I said earlier, he is you know the, the pound for pound the best finisher in the league, mm. as in in terms of goals per minute. Um, but there are other other avenues, you know. Barnes is dangerous. Rodriguez is dangerous. Phillips is dangerous. I mean, even the even the defenders are starting to score now with with cor- from corners. So, you know, nobody in the league has scored as many as West Brom. So, mm. um, I don't think you need to be too overly concerned about that. And going Especially back- when you're keeping clean sheets. Yeah, that's it. When you're keeping clean sheets, it's a whole lot easier. Uh, and going back to Barry quickly, do you think um, from Wigan's perspective, you look at Barry and you think his weakness is probably Triumph his pace and his yeah. age, so you'd think you would try and press him and force him into an uncomfortable position, as opposed to letting him stand there and just pick out passes. I think people will look at Barry and think the weakness is 
when he's not on the ball, if you're on the ball, you can knock it past him and go and run past him. Mm. Um, but when he's on the ball, I don't. I think you're going to find it very difficult to get it off him, mm. um, regardless of how ferociously you press. He's so comfortable in those tight spaces. He's got 20 years' experience of, of playing like that. So maybe there was a bit of a fear factor. I don't know, but uh, yeah, he's become a, he's become an important part of the team uh, quite quickly. Um, he's made himself a bit undroppable at the moment, hasn't he? At the moment, yeah. As long, I mean, it depends on, on fitness and fatigue at this time of year. But yeah, at the moment, he's you know you'd be surprised if he if he didn't play uh, tomorrow. That's it, because there was a point where you'd think, oh, him. Morrison, Brunt, you think Moore was almost interchanging some of them, but now he almost sees Barry as not the first name on the sheet, but certainly the man who's holding onto the shirt right now. I think Darren Moore deserves a lot of credit for the way that he um, has almost kept the squad harmony going. If you play well, mm. you stay in the team. We saw it from Morrison uh, when he forced his way into the team. We saw it from Hal robson Carno. Yeah, We've seen it from Gareth Barry now. If you play well... You stay in the team. Um, he doesn't pick on reputation like other managers, and uh, I think that's I think that's um, that that is a good attribute to have because mm. it not only does it um, not only does it sort of uh, keep the players in the team happy, but it also keeps the players outside the team happy because it makes them think right. If I get a chance now, if I take it. I'll stay in the team. Gives them motivation. Exactly. And that's 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 exactly what's happened. Now, Morrison, I feel, has been a bit unlucky to not come back into the team. Mm. But he got injured. Um, Barry stepped in and Barry's doing the business. I mean, he, Morrison will probably think, well, I, there's not much I can do because Barry is doing the business on the pitch. I've got to, when I get on, I've got to make a difference. And I think you saw that almost when he came off the bench against Wigan. He was... He looked determined and hungry. And that is the sign of a good squad when, when things are going well. Everybody mm. wants to play... Nobody wants to be on the bench, but they can understand why. Um, so yeah, I think I think Darren Moore deserves a lot of credit for the way he's uh, the way he's sort of instilled that that ability. Can't help but agree there. And um, we said J Rod's got a big opportunity now. So does Hal Robson Carno, you'd imagine. Yeah, although I think Robson Carno has already proven his worth a little bit um, this season with that that run of games after the Leeds the, the Leeds match. Um, okay, you missed a bit of a bit of a sitter on the, on Saturday. Um, and he, look, he's not as—he's not gonna—he's never gonna be as potent or, or, or as much of a poacher as Gale is. But I do think he offers you some robust and physical nature up front. I do think he does have uh, a role to play this season. And like you say, it's—it's it's now his time to step up. Um, you know, we haven't got a—we haven't got a time frame yet of, of Dwight Gale's return. Mm. I believe it's a hamstring strain. Um, which means he's probably going to be out for at least the next two games because they're just coming so quickly. I mean, it's there's one game tomorrow yeah. and there's another game on Tuesday. So they're just going to come too quickly for him. Even if it was just a minor minor strain, you probably wouldn't want to risk him anyway because, and then have him out for eight weeks because that is a lot of games. That's it, hamstring you'll be so careful with as well. So I think they won't risk him for those two games regardless and hopefully he'll be all right. I'm, I would be surprised if he played the FA Cup game but he might come off the bench um, if it wasn't too much too much of a serious injury but we'll find out more for, um, from Darren Moore tomorrow. Yeah, we will We will see. Right, let's get on to questions, Matt. Questions, we've got plenty of them come in. First one comes from Roger Blunter. He asks, can you tell Darren Moore to put two men on Adam Reach or even better, buy him in January? <laughs> I, I agree with him there. I thought Reach is, uh, was fantastic against uh, Albion at Hillsborough. He's their star player. 
capable of scoring fantastic goals and um, he is the danger man the one to watch out for tomorrow I agree with that mm. um, GWBA is there any specific player that would realistically we could buy that you personally would want West Brom to try and get in January not including any of our current loans and Baggy, Re- Baggy Boy replies this could be controversial Che Adams I don't well that's an interesting one I I don't know with the Chathams. He probably would come if he if there was if there was genuine interest. Um, he might not though because he's playing regularly at Blues and would he get into the team? I mean, this is the thing about having a a uh, a successful team. Um, you know, a few weeks ago I would have said someone like let's try and get a Premier League player who's not not getting many minutes. I mean, mm. if you're going to be really ambitious, maybe Danny Drinkwater from Chelsea on loan for the rest of the season but he would probably end up going to a Premier League club so maybe someone like Nathaniel Chalabar from Watford mm. who's not getting many minutes there um, they've got a very strong midfield offer him the chance of look we'll give you game time in the Championship just drop down for half a season and get and get some minutes mm. the problem that you've got now is that there are arguably three, four players in that midfield who don't deserve to be dropped. So yeah. you've got Barry, Livermore, Phillips and Morrison who don't really deserve to be dropped. Um, so then you're thinking, well, if I bring in someone like Chalabar who could or could not be good, be a success, mm. do am I risking you know ruining that harmony in, in, in my team just for the sake of adding a new face in? Yeah. Um, there are, are areas that they need uh, strengthening. I think uh, right back is an obvious area. Although I would say that Adarabio, this system leaves them slightly exposed. Yeah. Well, actually, it leaves them very exposed because ahead of him you've got Phillips and Gale, who aren't going to do too much tracking back. Yeah. And I think he's done admirably in, in the main part. He's made a couple of a couple of uh, like high profile errors, which I, I can understand, um, make people wonder about him. But on the ball. His composure on the ball is fantastic. Oh, the ball at his feet. I mean, he's one of one of the best players at the back, Robin. Yeah, and uh, his height in the air means I noticed it against Rotherham. Those balls to the back stick, which some can, off, can often catch fullbacks out, mm. he just deals with them. He yeah. does deal with them. Um, so I don't. I I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be completely chomping at the bit to get a right back in, although I think they, they do need one there long term, obviously. I mean, I can I, I think that's where they'll probably look. Um, yeah. But as for the midfield and up front, I mean, maybe you, you might want another option up front, but the problem you've got is if you're trying to get someone from the Premier League to come down on loan, then they might not be okay with... Or they might look at the team and say, think, how am I going to get into that team? Mm. Um, it's going to harm their reputation a little bit more if they can't break into a championship exactly, team. Well, exactly. So then you're looking at picking up players like someone like Adam Reach from mm. the bottom half of the championship or even League One. Um, but they need to genuinely be better than your than your than your team. I mean, there might there is a there is an argument that you need maybe backup up front. But um, yeah, a couple of people asking know. for Solanke or Chris Wood. Says Adrian Carrier. I would be surprised if either of them. I mean, Chris Wood. I think he's playing pretty regularly for Burnley. Um, so Not seen a whole lot of Solanke, but do you see him dropping into the Championship? 
I imagine he would go to a struggling Premier League side. I mean, a Newcastle or someone similar, or a Crystal Palace or something. Yeah. I don't think he would come all the way down to West Brom. Um, I think he's a bit too high profile for that. Um, but we, we, you never know. Um, mm. You never know. But I do, I, I do think it's 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 the difficult balancing act because you want to have a squad strong enough for the second half of the season. But this squad, this team is just. One six and drawn two. There's no glaring weaknesses at the moment. No, I wouldn't say there are. Um, there are areas that need strengthening, mm. but I wouldn't say there are glaring weaknesses. Yeah. Ash Turner, do you think it's time for the youngsters to be sent out on loan? If Harper isn't getting any minutes when we are 4 0 up, he's not any use to us sitting down doing nothing. Agreed. A couple I other think... people mentioning that with Sacco as well, because Ashley Hill says the same thing. More teams reluctant to give Sacco minutes when they're 4 0 up. Well, Saka, I mean, if you saw Saka against Hull, you'll understand. He was absolutely dreadful. I think he's still not fit or not match fit. I think he needs to do some more work. I mean, the this year, it's not looking like the, the, the cleverest of signings at this stage. No. But it's still early days. He's only been here a couple of months and you, you never know. He might, if he scores five goals in April, May... It could be the difference. So we'll, I will reserve judgment until the end of the season um, because he was a free transfer and you know it, 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 he was picked up uh, on that basis. So you've also got to remember who who is he coming? You know who is he up against? He's up yeah. against Barnes, Gale, even you know Rodriguez, Robson, Carno even played well, um, Morrison. That, that those are the sort of plays he's up against, and I didn't mm. see any. I haven't seen anything in in the two games that I've seen him play to, to for me to suggest that he should be playing ahead of any of those players. Mm. Far too erratic, loses the ball far too much. Now, obviously, if it continues for the whole of the season, then you have to question why on earth do they buy him. But um, I'll, I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not going to uh, go too early on that one. Still plenty of season left. Uh, there's still plenty of games left, so we'll wait and see. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not surprised he's not playing mm. <laughs> because they're they're winning, and you don't need to change it too much. Certainly don't. Callum Morgan, do you think our winning mentality will make Leeds and Norwich slip up? I mean, I'm sick and tired no. of Leeds, Leeds and Norwich right now. No, I don't think it will. I mean, if anything, if anything it will spur them on. Have you have you seen their results recently? <laughs> it's just such a pain, Matt. I every time I'm looking and we're looking, we keep an eye on the scores during the game. And I'm there like, yes, Norwich are, Norwich are losing, Leeds are losing, this is going to be a great day. And then, I mean, Christ, how many times have they scored late goals now, both of these teams? I mean, yeah, so Leeds beat Villa, didn't they? Uh, late oh, on. don't remind me of that. And then, and, then they, and then Norwich also beat someone else late on. I mean, they've done it recently. They've done it through Pookie about five times. But And then you thought that was that. You thought, okay, that can't last. And, they, and then Boxing Day, they just, both of them, um, somehow make get even more dramatic points I mean I, the Leeds one was, was remarkable um, I dread to think what Mowbray was thinking after that um, and the Norwich one 3-0 down with 13 minutes to play is a staggering comeback but look there's a long way to go um, I think what Albion need to concentrate at this stage of the season is on themselves and, mm. and at the moment things are looking really good for West Brom so um if Leeds and Norwich continue and do this and win every game to the end of the season, then you know they deserve to go up, don't they? So yeah. you can't really 
You can't really argue. It'll be interesting to see how West Brom get on against Norwich, though, in a couple of weeks' time when, when they that'll, come to the Hawthorns. That'll be a good game. Can't wait for that one. I'm amazed so, it's the 3, p, 3 p.m. Saturday kickoff. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I know. We're considering Sky and West Brom at the moment, anyway. Um, saw a good tweet about Leeds and Norwich, by the way. Said when they play each other, it's going to be nil-nil after 90 minutes and end three-all. Yeah. Well, it's probably about right. It's probably about right. Uh, Luke Pollard, um, do you think there'll be a time when we revert back to 3-4-1-2? Um, potentially, maybe. Maybe not even this season. There might be a time, yeah. I don't think you can rule it out by any stretch of imagination. I think it might be an option moving forward. But I think the back four looks so much more comfortable in the back four. Um, I think if you need a goal... Yeah, maybe, but I think they just look a lot more comfortable, don't they? Dawson and Garzi have both been brilliant recently, and mm. um, I don't see any need to change it at the moment. They seem to be very comfortable, and uh, two clean sheets in a row is exactly what the doctor ordered. Um, you know, I, I, I've been saying for weeks that they're on the verge of one, but now they are starting to keep them. Um, just like London buses, aren't they? Looking ominous, I would say. Yeah, uh, Robert C. Williams. Do you think Gale's injury is a result of the frequency of games and a relatively small use of our playing squad? Uh, no, I think Gale. If you look at his history, he's got a history of having niggling injuries. He did it with Newcastle last year. He did he, he, the and the year before when, he, when they were in the Championship. Doesn't play every game traditionally. Um, so no, and I also think actually that if you're a professional player. Okay, you might need to be um, managed at some stages, but mm. um, you should be able to do two games a week, three games a week. You should be able to, um, because they won't train too hard in between. It will all be about recovery and the way that the way that it is th- these days. You know, um, recovery is the recovery is brilliant. So, yeah. um, no, I, I think I think that. I understand what he's getting at and there is perhaps an argument for that but um, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect a 29 year old I think he's 28 year old Mm. maybe um, in the prime of his career to be able to do um, that that many minutes Um, you know more decided to take Gareth Barry off before the hour mark against Rotherham which was probably a far wiser thing to do than taking uh, taking Gale off. Yeah, agree with you there. Uh, Grace Whiston, this is a good one. Do you get nervous when the defence start passing the ball around the back? I certainly do. I do. I, well, I did. I did more when they were playing three at the back. I but. do. I did. I don't know if I do that much anymore. There are occasions when I think I'll just hoof it up to, uh, to the strikers, but... Um, they look a bit more comfortable with it now, especially with Gareth Barry in that little mm. quarterback role. He just drop in. He guard, drops in he, as yeah. a sort of third centre back, and you can just pop it to him, and he's probably not going to lose it. Yeah, Fraser, do we give the FA Cup a go, or do we change the squad to prioritise getting back into the Premier League? It's a good question. I would always err on the side of giving it a go and playing as strong a stronger team as you can. Um, but if we're going to do anything like they were the other day, then they maybe they can afford to make a few changes because they were dreadful. So mm. um, it might be it might be a chance for the likes of Sacco and Burke um, to have a go, um, mm. and we'll see what they've got. Yeah, um, Cody, what do you make of Darren Moore's progress since taking over? I think he's been fantastic. I don't, I don't think. 
there's, I don't think there's any question that Darren Moore has done a fantastic job. Personally, I'm a little bit surprised at just how well he's done. Yeah. The, way he's, the way he's tinkered with the formation. He hasn't really crumbled to any pressure from the media at points. Yes, they were questioning, you know, we were questioning three at the back, this and that, but he found a system which worked. He utilised it in the right way. And he's got, I mean, the, the team harmony, considering the summer he had, I mean, it could have gone downhill quick. It's bit, he's, he's done a, an absolutely fantastic job. He really has. Um, he's got a very strong squad. That you know that that is that is true. West Brom did not sell the family jewels in the same way that Swansea did, mm-hmm. but um, lots of other teams have got very strong squads in this division. Nottingham Forest, Stoke, they're struggling to get into the playoffs. Yeah, you know it's it is it is not as easy as as just putting the team out on the pitch and saying go on and go and play. You do actually have to do some. Some you know coaching and some managing, and I think he is coming on leaps and bounds. And I've been I've been mightily impressed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not saying he hasn't made mistakes, but he's made very few mistakes and an incredibly few number of mistakes for a rookie manager in his first season in charge. Mm. I think everybody um, associated with with West Brom can be extremely pleased and extremely proud of him. Um, he's been yeah, he's exceeded expectations. Superb work from Darren Moore, and right. Now, we've got a question which we've decided to make a little bit of a segment of, Matt. Uh, it comes from Richard Downing. He said, what was your favourite Albion moment of 2018? And considering that it's the end of 2018 now, we won't be speaking to the listeners until after the New Year's Day celebrations. I thought we'd pick our best and worst moments, Matt. Best and worst moments of the year. Okay. Um, give, me your, give me your... Should we should we start with the bad or end with the bad? Uh, I don't mind. Let's start with the bad. Oh, okay. Okay. And bring in the good. Okay, um, well, where's the moment of 2018? I mean, it's it's probably gonna it's probably got to be um, Barcelona, hasn't it? Or oh. at least the game, maybe the game after Barcelona, the Southampton game in the FA was that the FA Cup? Is that one of Lamina score? Was it Lamina? Uh, I can't remember. Scored? Oh no, was it him? I'm not too sure. Someone scored an absolute worldie against Ajax. I, I think Lamina scored. Squad. That was at, that was at St Mary's. Um, mm. That was earlier in the season. No, I think just the the Barcelona debacle will, will live long in in the memory. It still lives at Albion now. Every For, time Gareth Barry, every time well. Gareth Barry gets the ball, yeah, I, they, I mean it's now been turned into um, a funny song. But at the time, it wasn't very funny at all. And um, yeah, I think that was that epitomises perhaps the uh, the complete. Funk that uh, Albin were in, particularly under Alan Pardew. It was a strange situation, that wasn't it? I mean, it must have been an odd one to cover from your perspective. It was an absolute shambles. That's not. I mean, let's. I don't. I mean, we're going over old ground a little bit here, but uh, yeah, it. it wasn't the, the fact the fact that they organised it before the Liverpool game in the FA Cup and then didn't cancel it when they only when their game was moved, um, the Chelsea game was moved to the Monday night. So they only, they only really had forty eight hours to go out there and. You know, when you condense that sort of trip into that that time, of course, people are going to be stupid. Mm. Um, and it was just, uh, it was a jolly up, wasn't it? And it was it was meant as a team building exercise, didn't work. Um, and um, it it was a disgraceful way to treat the fans. I think everyone knows that. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, it was ill judged. And um, the things that happened on the trip were. 
you know, I'm sure they'll all come out in the wash eventually when people start publishing books and, and memoirs and what, what have you. But um, yeah, there are some 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 rumours that are you know pretty bad. So yeah, look, bad day for the club, but it's amazing how sometimes you have to go through hell to come out the other side. And you know, I think um, what we're seeing now is 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 maybe even more sweeter considering where where the uh, club has been. Yeah, that's it. Mine, um, your worst moment. Yeah, mine was probably the two-one defeat at the Hawthorns against Huddersfield. I just remember we were because Albion. I remember Albion actually started pretty well. Yeah, um, they used to do that a lot. They always Pardew. started well, and then I think was it Van Lepara got the first, and straight away you could see all the the atmosphere was just sucked out of the ground. Yeah, the players' heads dropped, and Mounier doubles. Doubles the lead, and I know Dawson got one back, but it was it was the first game for me where I sat there and I thought this team are going down. Yeah, um, and it was just grim. I mean, I was speaking to fans afterwards, and they weren't happy. There was booze going around the ground. I mean, it was just truly the first time I thought this is it. This is this Albion team aren't getting out of this. Yeah, and yeah. it was the mood was just. I mean, it was it was bad. But that was that was horrible. That was week after week after week. These this run of winnable games where you thought, "Come on, this is where you can really put put the put the uh, run together to get yourselves out of it." And then they just lost all of them. It was oh, no. dreadful. Oh, it was so. And I mean, I don't know if you've listened to any of the podcasts back from that year. I mean, it would be good for me to put to put one of them together actually. But some of the podcasts we were there, we were like, "All right, this is they've got to get the this is a must win now." And I think we said must win about four podcasts in a row, and it's just every time they were getting nothing out of it. I know. I don't remind me. It was grim. Anyway, let's finish with good best moment. Best moment of twenty eighteen. My best moment of twenty eighteen. Um, do you know what? I think. I think it might be the Leeds game. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. There were some brilliant moments towards the end of last season under Darren Moore. Uh, one of those is mine. Oh right, but the Leeds the Leeds game was just it was so good because it was a coming of age moment for Darren Moore, mm. and um, it was a reassure a reassuring victory that sort of said to the fans, "Now don't worry, this um, this this man who had healed the club from." Uh, from you know, from being shattered into pieces last season, um, on and off the pitch, actually, he's here to stay. Mm. He's not just a flash in the pan caretaker manager, Craig Shakespeare type. Uh, can do a job for a few months, but then will fade because he was just you know he, you know because he knows the club inside out. Actually, oh, this could be something more long term. This could be something really really special, not mm. just you know. Thanks very much. On you go. But this actually could could develop. I uh, wish I was at that game, you know. It was just, it was. I, I tell you what, it was the best they played. And I know they were brilliant, you know, towards the back end of that season. But it's still the best they played in 2018. Mm. The best game I saw them play in 2018. I pretty, I'm pretty, I saw most of them. <laughs> so, yeah, they were fantastic. Or each to a man, one to eleven, naught to ninety, and. It was just a really 
because I, like most Albion fans, I am just I am aching for Darren Moore to succeed. I do yeah. want him to succeed because of because of who he is, his relationship with the club, his local affinity to the community, the fact that he is just a genuinely nice bloke as well. Um, I think the most majority of fans want him to succeed. Yeah. Um, I think they probably all do. I can't think of why anyone would not want their club to succeed. But, um, but yeah, I just for, so for that for that reason, I think the Leeds game for me because it was just it was such a release after those mm. that you know that sort of slow build towards a point where people were starting to lose their rag a little bit. Um, he proved he was uh, flexible, proved he wasn't stubborn, proved he was capable of, of changing things, proved he was capable of beating, lest we forget, one of the most celebrated coaches in the world. Mm. Um, regardless of the fact that he'd already beaten Pochettino and Mourinho and Benitez. Yeah. But there was a feeling at that stage that it was more, he was more just caretaking, he was a caretaker of a team that was playing how it used to play under Pulis. mm because those were all one nils. Yeah, this was four one. It yeah. was a demolishing, and it was it was brilliant to see. I loved Matt Phillips' goal. I remember seeing Matt Phillips' goal on the TV. I wasn't covering the game. I wasn't listed down to cover the game. I think Nathan was there, but seeing Matt Phillips' goal even on the TV, and I could just see. It, I was like, Christ, that's that's a good game to be at. It was a yeah, it was a cracking game to be at. It right, was just just a just a great moment. What's your um, best moment? Mine, mine was surprisingly from the relegation season, but it was the back end of it, which I think was the, obviously the shining light of the season. And um, the result against Newcastle was good. The result against Man U was good, but for me, the Spurs game when because uh, that I, moment we were there and the ball was just—I mean, pinballing around in the box—and uh, it was Livermore, wasn't it? Who tooks it away. Well, he scrambles it. He sort of fell on the ball and it went it, over the line. I mean, it crossed the line regardless. And I mean, even for me as born and raised with a fan, I know I've discussed this before, but I genuinely wanted to jump up and celebrate that moment. Yeah, I think I might have done. And it was, I mean, it was absolutely mental. And normally I, I leave the, the, the Hawthorns to get, go get fans five minutes before. I wasn't budging from my seat until the full-time whistle blew that day. No, no, you couldn't. It was and too tense. It was so tense. It was th- that was the moment for me when I thought, uh, judging from the the moment, the worst moment I mentioned. This was the moment I thought, bloody hell, they could do this. I know that. I know. Albion could do this. And we were looking at results on the TV. I think we were we were in the Hawthorns afterwards. You know, writing up. You were writing up your match report and reaction, and I was editing videos. But at the same time, we had a game on in the background, which I think was impacting the game at some. Yeah, point. was it Southampton or something? And results were just going Albion's way, and everything seemed to be fitting in perfectly. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it was just such a shame that it, it didn't all work out. Partly because I had a, a, a flutter on Albion at like 500 to 1 to stay up yeah, I remember but that. also because it would just would have been so good and the atmosphere around the club I mean considering the season they'd had the fans I mean were absolutely phenomenal speaking to them after games like that I mean there's nothing more joyous for me uh, in terms of this job speaking to fans after the games when they've had a big win like that it's, yeah. I mean it's absolutely it was absolutely crazy and I'd I absolutely love that moment. Yeah, it was a great moment. You're right. It was a great moment. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's one of them moments I'd love to relive a couple of times. Um, but anyway, no. If you've, if any of the listeners have any best or worst moments, feel free to share them with us on Twitter, um, and we'll happily uh, reminisce about them, having looked at them online. I'm sure. But let's get into uh, match previews, Max. We're almost 50 minutes in now. Um, 
first game uh, we're going to cover Sheffield Wednesday at home we'll both be there um, not as easy a proposition as it probably looked a couple of weeks ago does it? No they've really turned a corner since sacking uh, Josh Lehukai is that you say good it? pronunciation there I don't know how you pronounce it um, they were on a downward spiral weren't they and they've won the last two they beat Middlesbrough uh, away last time out on Boxing Day which is a pretty impressive victory although Middlesbrough are in a bit of a funk themselves um, I'll tell you what some of the Borough fans are happy on Twitter they're not very happy at all are they um, I, would, I wonder if uh, old Tone's days are numbered up there but we'll, we'll wait and see on that one um, but back to Sheffield Wednesday yeah mm. they look they look they look back to where they were playing at the start of the season and I thought I was impressed with them at Hillsborough I thought Albion had, were pretty poor for the first hour but um, took some magic from Harvey Barnes took some it? magic from Harvey Barnes to rescue them but yeah they, they they were they were good and Adam Reach as we said earlier is a good player and they've got Barry Bannon's okay and got some tidy tidy players but I still think Albion should hopefully have enough um, the only the only issue is, is whether whether Wednesday will be on such a crest of a, of a of a wave of positivity that they just come and and you know give it everything and bloody Albion's noses a bit mm. but um Considering West Brom have kept two clean sheets and scored six goals in the last two games, I think they'll be in a pretty good, uh, pretty high in confidence themselves. Eight games unbeaten, they're building up ahead of steam now. So um, I still think you've got to say West Brom are favourite, particularly because it's at home. But uh, it, it is not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. And I think anyone that is going there expecting a victory uh, will need to reassess that because Wednesday are are not. Uh, as bad as perhaps their form under Lukai suggested. Yeah, certainly not. Steve Bruce looks like the man set to take over, but doesn't look like he'll be in place for the game, um, given what we've seen today. Anyway, well, the caretaker um, man just doing a great job. So, whilst he's winning games, you know, you might, you're almost minded to keep keep him on, a la mm. Darren Moore. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, team changes for you? Any 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 changes you'd recommend? Well, Gale will probably miss out. Um, I imagine his hamstring, regardless of how serious it is or not, will will keep him out. Um, yeah. Rodriguez and Hagazi are also going to be assessed uh, before the match. I think more just due to knocks and bruises and a bit of fatigue. So we'll see if they can make it. Um, apart from that, I wouldn't really make any changes. Um, mm. You could maybe bring in Morrison for Barry. If you needed to, if Barry was a bit tired, a bit fatigued, um, but I think what they'll probably do is, is is start with the same eleven or as near to the same eleven as they can, and, and then if Barry looks a bit off the pace, then you can always bring Mozer off the bench uh, half time or something. Mm. Um, they've got, I mean, they've got Blackburn so soon after as well. I mean, for me, do you think Barry suits a game against Wednesday a little bit more than Blackburn? Difficult to know, isn't it? Um, away from home or at home, I think he probably suits a home game better than an away game. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Mm. I'm not sure. Well, anyway, let's talk about Blackburn quickly as well. I mean, it's not the best trip for you on New Year's Day. <laughs> that's okay. I don't mind. Um, I won't be hungover. That's fine. Do you mind trips on days like that? A long trip. I mean, I know at Boxing Day you were. We were at home, so you were all right. When but. the um, when there's no traffic on the roads, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's a good point. I don't mind it then. It's when there's it's when there's traffic on the roads, which is a killer. You know, trying to get up to Middlesbrough on a Friday night on the bank holiday was a nightmare. 
took us seven hours. Oh, that was grim. I remember we were we were trying to use Google Maps on my phone using the sat nav in your car, and it was just which 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 one do we trust? Yeah, I mean neither of them. No, they, I mean it was all pointless. I think there were like two crashes on the motorway on the way up, um, and we had to go down some A roads, B roads, and I think the, the odd C road if they even exist. Mm. Um, it was a bit bit of a long one that, but um, but Blackburn won't be won't be any pushovers. I mean they they were yeah, exactly. so close to beating Leeds. Um, at home and they drew with Albion at the Hawthorns and obviously Mowbray everyone you know, every West Brom fan will know about Mowbray and the way he likes to play football so yeah I don't think they're going to be pushovers by any stretch Do you reckon they'll be on a bit of a downer after that result though? I don't know it could do well of two things can't it you could either galvanise you into a sort of come on we deserve to win that game let's, let's put it right or it can sucker punch you a little bit and, and, and leave you with a hangover for a few days but I don't know I mean there's a there's a game in between isn't there I don't know who they've got tomorrow but there's a game in between so they probably won't even be thinking about it by the time they play West Brom yeah that's it um, and as we said the game's come thick and fast now if if say an 11 play against Sheffield Wednesday and they're all fit afterwards do you, would you rotate being it's so soon I think it depends on each player how each player is feeling mm. um the youngsters probably be okay. Defenders probably be okay, but yeah, the midfielders. I mean, Livermore, Phillips, Rodriguez. Are they going to be able to last? I don't know. It might, it's going to be time to call in the squad. It could be time, particularly the Blackburn game, to mm. uh, for players to step up and, and, and start earning their uh, earning their spot. Yeah, and predictions, Matt. Predictions. First one: Sheffield Wednesday at home. I'll start. I think it's going to be 2-1 Albion. Okay. Just confident. I think it might be a draw. I think it might, yeah. I'll go with uh, with 2-2. 2-2 and an Adam Reach screamer. I hope not. I'll tell you what, Sam Johnson don't need another one of them going past him. No, I know. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be three and three games, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, and Blackburn, Matt, you can go first on this one. Blackburn away. Um, I think they'll win that. Two nil, one all for me. One all. So four points. We're both saying oh, four. You take that, wouldn't you? I think I would. Two games so close together. I mean, if they get six, then you're absolutely loving it. I think six would be brilliant. I mean, that would be five games winning, five game winning streak. Can't ask much more than that. Can't. No, certainly can't. Um, competition. Let's finish with that because it's a new year, Matt. I'm gonna push the boat out. You're feeling generous, are you? I'm going to give away two shirts. Two shirts? Two Albion shirts. So, for those who listen regularly, you'll know all about this, but for those who don't, we will... No, I'm going to I'm gonna add a caveat to this. I'm picking four games here. Okay. But uh, we will, you will name an anytime goal scorer from all these games. If they all come in, then one lucky listener who retweets our podcast on Twitter... Um, or gives a, re- a review on iTunes, we'll get an entry, and then uh, we'll pick one of those... And they will win two Albion shirts with a name and number on the back. I mean, for free. You can't complain, can you, Matt? That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but the games... So we're picking both West Brom games. So first, I need an anytime goal scorer from West Brom versus Sheffield Wednesday, Matt. Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes. And then one from the Blackburn game. Um, I'll go with... Yeah, Jay Rodriguez. J-Rod, good shout, good shout, both of them. Right, and the other two games. So, the first one is Villa versus Preston. 
Do you want to come up one one for that? Um, I will go with. Does Balassi score many? Not a whole lot. I'm not going to lie. And the issue is with these games, you don't know if squad rotation is going to come. I know. Yeah. Abraham will play. Yeah, I think Abraham is certain to be playing. I'll put Abraham. Abraham. Barring some mad injury issue. And the last one, uh, I'm going to pick from Spurs versus Wolves. Oh, okay. And I'm not going to go for Harry Kane. Oh! I'm going to go for Hyungmin Son. Oh, he's on form. He is on fire. Get him in. Son. There we go. So, if Harvey Barnes scores against Wednesday, J-Rod scores against Blackburn, and Abraham and Hyungmin Son score for their respective sides over the weekend and New Year... Then one lucky listener will win two Albion shirts, name and number included. Completely up to you. But no, that just about does it for this podcast, Matt, unless you've got anything else to add. No, not really. Just uh, Merry Christmas and have a Happy New Year, everybody. And um, if you could, could you please review the podcast? Let us know um, in the comment sections on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever, what you like, what you don't like. Um, what you think we could be doing to be better and we'll try and make 2019 uh, an even better year for you just what he said there we go that just about does it I've been Luke Hatfield that was Matt Wilson thanks for listening today and fingers crossed for six more points for the Albion